Thank you for downloading this Device Talks podcast. I'm Brian Johnson, publisher of Mass Device, and I'm pleased to be joined today by Rebiotics CEO Lee Jones. Rebiotics is working on a novel pharmaceutical treatment for C. diff. Lee, thank you for joining us today. So, uh, Lee, uh, let's let's talk about C. diff uh, for a moment because, I mean, I think I told you earlier, my family's been impacted by it. Um, I don't think people understand the radical and pervasive problem this condition is. I think you're absolutely right about that. It's, um, and I actually, before I started rebiotics, didn't know anything about C. diff, right. except that I had a similar situation to you with your grandma. Right. Uh, you know, my mom was in, her, in, in like three days, ended up almost comatose, and this nurse said, well, it's this diarrhea disease, and Right. Once I understood, after I started rebiotics, what that was, I really understood the impact on a, yeah. a person, particularly an elderly person. So, I mean, C. diff is a, is a sort of a chronic diarrhea disease that elderly people get, uh, typically uh, in assisted living or um, not even in assisted living, just it, it, it's a bacterial infection? It is, and it's a, a devastating one because it's a type of bacteria that lives... It turns into a spore, and so it can live on a surface mm-hmm. for, for basically ever. So if you happen to be visiting someone who's got C. diff and you touch a surface and you touch your mouth, you right. can be transmitting it to yourself and, and uh, otherwise wouldn't have known. Right. So, and, and not just elderly people. What we've seen in, is that it's really starting to become pervasive in the community as well. So younger people. A lot younger. I mean, because you can get... You can, I mean, predominantly elderly people are the ones who die from... Yeah, they have the worst symptoms right. sometimes, and because they tend to have other health problems, and then the C. diff is like the worst icing on the cake, Yeah, they tend to succumb pretty quickly, and they're frail anyway. So yeah. we've seen that even in our own clinical trials. The um, group that... Our first clinical study that we did, the average patient age was 67. Mm-hmm. This one's a little bit younger, so we do know it's moving down into younger people, and it's still devastating for them because they have kids, they have a lot of other things that they have to take care of, and it debilitates them. Right, and with, with my grandmother, uh, who passed away from C. diff, or complications resulting from C. diff, and then the uh, sepsis infection that followed, it was, you know, it was one day she just woke up and felt terrible with her stomach, and then it was like this cascading event, yeah. event where we ended up in the hospital, and then they, they thought it was a whole host of different issues. There was exploratory surgery. There was, you know, uh, it just it felt like this cascading uh, situation that, that we're, the, the doctors were sort of didn't know what to do. And even when she was uh, basically on her deathbed, they were still talking about radical surgery, which... It just seemed like this can't be the right way to treat this condition. No, I don't. Obviously, surgery isn't going to help her. Right. It just makes things worse. And, and I think that that's um, but a is challenge. But is that a common theme that you're hearing You know, I, what we find is that I think that people who have C. diff aren't always taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And again, because of, sometimes they're elderly people that have had other things happen to them the C. diff might not always be recognized right. and they tend to be treated um, with antibiotics normally and to see if that helps and if that doesn't help then they might take more radical right. uh, positions. And, and the 
the treatments, I think the most radical one is the fecal transplant, right? Or is that? I don't know. I think most radical would be the surgery. Yeah, probably <laughs> removing, you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff from your Going body. Going in and uh, treating people that way when it's really an infectious disease. Yeah. So, um, you know, we founded Rebiotics several years ago to really look at using fecal microbes to treat uh, disease, mm-hmm. and particularly C. diff, because it seemed to be something that had worked in, in history. So I, th- I think it's something like twenty percent or something like that of elderly people contract it or something. I mean, I, I, the numbers are probably wrong actually, but it's a pretty prevalent condition. Uh, do you know the economic impact? Well, I think that um, based on some recent literature that's been put out, mm-hmm. you know, C diff is recognized as a, a national threat by the CDC. Right. And it looks like from what we've been able to read, a couple billion dollars a year in excess hospitalization costs and, and medical wow. care costs just from this disease that could be treated. So it could, I mean, sepsis is one of the most expensive conditions in, in, in the American healthcare system. Do you think C. diff could end up being just as expensive and pervasive? Well, I or? think that's why you see so much innovation around trying to treat C. diff. Right including products like rebiotics. I think the whole microbiota restoration therapy area has gotten, people have gotten really engaged because it gives people a mechanism to treat diseases that otherwise rely on a a scarce resource, which are antibiotics. How did you end up here? I mean, you're... Because you invited me. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. How did you end up uh, leading a biotech company? I mean, your background's in medical device, you worked at Medtronic, you... You you you, uh, were, you you were CEO of Inlet Medical. Uh, you know w- w- what led you to Rebiotics? Uh, I have a great imagination, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's really no joke. Because I had when I sold my past company, Inlet Medical, I was looking for the next thing to do. Yeah. And I had been in me- the medical device arena for a long time, and I wasn't really excited about doing another medical device. So I was uh, volunteering at the University of Minnesota as a CEO in residence mm-hmm. and ended up in their Office of Technology Commercialization and ended up uh, running the Diabetes Institute at the university where I saw cellular therapy really taking a role yeah. as we were using islet cells, transplanted islet cells and other cells to treat people. And I thought, you know, that's something I'm really excited about, but I'm not a biology person, so how do I get involved in that? Right and uh, ended up meeting a a doctor and a scientist who brought microbial therapies to the the University of Minnesota to look at um, is this something that could be licensed or or patented and I got engaged and I said you know let me help them volunteer for that to help them look at the business opportunity and the more I got into it the more I realized that there was a huge opportunity not just for C. diff that was that was sort of like the first time in my career I actually was working on something that already had I knew it would work yeah. and so it was just a matter of logistically putting our arms around what it would take to take a product into the marketplace that had a live microbes as a, a yeah. base and so I got excited about it and that's that's how it happened. Yeah. Let's talk about the, the product for a second. Uh, you're you're in the middle of your uh, clinical trial, your PUNCH2 study. Yeah we so actually finished the PUNCH CD2 trial. Great. So but you're still pre-FDA, right? We are, well, pre-approval. Pre-approval. Right. Uh, what, let's give a big picture idea of, of what the, the actual product is, because I want to make sure we, we, we cover that closely. So what we're developing is a therapy called microbiota restoration therapy. So we're trying to re- restore 
the microbe mix in the intestines of people by taking microbes from healthy people and putting them in people who are ill. Mm -hmm. It is a drug product as, as the FDA has de designated to be. And so what we've done is taken that product, the first company to ever do so, to take it through the FDA, uh, get approval to conduct clinical trials. And it is a, a product that, you know, as a patient has multiple episodes of C. diff, we can use that to treat their C. diff. Because if, there, if there's somebody with multiple episodes of C. diff, a fecal transplant, right, is, is one of the options that is currently on the table. Yeah. Although it's a bit, I think the F, it's almost like a case-by-case -case basis on, by the FDA. Yeah, the fecal transplants generally are where a doctor will take a fecal material from a patient and then transpose it into an, yeah. uh, an unhealthy person. So it's, is, and, it, is it a health, is it, so is it, I, I mean, I, I always thought it was like a like baby or, or no, no, it doesn't have to so be. It's it basically be somebody who's healthy, somebody so who doesn't have C. diff and right. other diseases. So it's healthy fecal matter that gets transplanted into a person with C. diff. Right. And how is that? Um, well, and our product that? is really different than that right. because what, what's common is that we use the same microbial base, mm -hmm. but then we mix our microbes with uh, other excipients to be able to preserve them, and we package it for patient delivery. It's right. tested differently. It's it, composition is different, but it works the same way. Mm -hmm. And so it's, um, it's something most physicians don't care to do on their own because yeah. it's a messy process. And so we've provided a, a very clean, uh, standardized solution for them. And I mean, is it, does it has the moniker sort of poop pill? Is that? Well, the poop pill, I think, is, you know, there is a, the street a name group of physicians, actually, who used uh, fecal material and put it in pills uh -huh. because they thought it might be easier for people to swallow versus having a, a colonoscopy or right. enema program. That has been successful to some degree, mm -hmm. but um, typically the amount of pills that they have somebody swallow is 10 to 30 at a time. So if you imagine wow. those big pills and you it's a meal in my opinion yeah. so it doesn't solve the issue it sounds cool wow. but they're not stocked in a pharmacy they're not something you can take home dose yourself you go into the clinic and you eat a whole bowl of things at once oh my god so it's a, i think what you're seeing here is that the the very beginnings of a new therapeutic regimen so mm -hmm. what you see today is the most crude form you're ever going to see it and it's just going to continue to improve right. so i mean are you sourcing fecal matter to create the? We do. Okay. Yeah, we we from healthy donors, okay. so we have them come to our facility because we have to trace the donor to the patient, yeah. and we collect fecal matter, strip the microbes out again, compound it mm -hmm. in our own composition, and then uh, store it in inventory until it's time to treat the patients. Wow, I bet you never thought you'd be doing that. No, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> but you know, again, it was one of those things that when you start thinking about the potential of the microbes yeah. and what could happen and how this could really translate into so many other things. I think as you've been following it too, yeah. over the last few years it's gone from fecal transplants for C. diff to um, microbial therapy for you know, autism and other mental conditions for diabetes and for right. other. So that's the same thing I imagined when yeah. I got started. So, uh, so is, is C. diff going to be the uh, where rebiotics stops, or is it? Oh other no, it's just the beginning, okay. and that's the whole point behind the C. diff is it's the first entry yeah. place that people saw as a logistical or logical entry into the microbial therapy mm. realm because you are, we already knew it worked, so we knew what the outcome needed to be, 
And our goal was to mimic that outcome in our first product. Mm -hmm. And what that's done for us is because we've taken it through the FDA, we've been able to understand what they need and how they're going to classify it, mm -hmm. how you put a quality program around, all these things that need to be done no matter you know, where you go from here. Right. So now we're in a position where we can start stepping out into other indications, and we actually have done that. We've developed actually an oral form, but instead of a frozen poop pill, as yeah. people have done, our product is a, a room temperature stable capsule mm -hmm. that can be stocked in a pharmacy shelf. So if you needed to take it once a day for a month, yeah. you could do it in your own home, and it's pretty painless. Wow. I imagine that really you know, changes the dynamic. It does. So, I mean, and you imagine that we'll be able to treat across the spectrum of, of, of patients I think from it or, or more the chronic C. diff? No, it would be it'd beyond, beyond C. diff. Okay. But the, in order to treat some of these other things, you, know, you can't do it just once. Yeah. That's what the science seems to be saying. So we said, okay, let's figure out a way to be able to do multiple doses over a period of time, like you'd take any other drug therapy yeah. for those indications that would need it. So our invention is the, the actual matrix in the capsule. We can mix and match microbes in there all day long mm -hmm. as we learn more about which patients are susceptible to which diseases and how they would react. I mean, this must be pretty exciting for you to be in this space now. Yeah, I mean, it's just so much fun. Yeah? It really is. Is it, is it more fun than, than the device space was for you? Well, you know, the device is... It's different. When I, I've been around for a long time, yeah. so uh, my ancient history is early Medtronic, back before there were, you know, I was, it was a $350 million company, so right. it really dates me, but yeah. um, what was fun back then is you had all these different puzzle pieces, you know, trying to get the product out, the FDA and all the, the patient aspects. That's gotten so complicated, it's not as much fun as it used to be. Yeah. This is different because it's so new that we can set our own rules and standards and, you know, threading that maze again. So, yeah, yeah. it's been just so much fun. And I imagine sort of the, uh, that doing it in a different space means that um, it's, you know, you're not kind of falling into the same habits or you have to change your habits. I mean, I've had to lo learn a whole new vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had to go through a boot camp so that I could meet people in the drug industry. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. Yeah. Know what the vocabulary is, how people talk, sure. what was important, how deals were structured. Because I knew none of that, yeah. uh, which probably wasn't a good thing. I mean, I probably could have done things faster had yeah. I known more, but it's, it, it's been interesting. Is there an energy difference, though, in the space? I mean, do you find that, uh, I mean, obviously everybody's still sort of mission-centric, trying to help cure patients, but it seems like... Uh, you know, with the bigger populations, there might be a little more energy and excitement. Some of that. You know, I, I don't know because each patient is a victory for yeah. us. I have to say this is the first time in my career that's been for over 30 years. Where we were in the newspaper a year ago because we raised some cash. Yeah. And one of a person came into the office with this newspaper in hand, a person, you know, right off the street and said, I've had this disease for three years, I need your product. Yeah. That had never happened to me before. Wow. So I think there's a big interest, and I think the potential is there, and we're pretty excited about the progress we've made in a very short period of time. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I would love to know what lessons from your work as CEO at Inlet, which you sold to Cooper Surgical, uh, are you applying today? Well, first of all, the biggest challenge for any new business is cash, right? Yeah. So what I learned at Inlet was that I could do a really good job putting together a core group of people that were really engaged in the company and I could fill in all the other pieces I needed 
through contracts. And now that's something people do today, yeah. right and left, but back then that was innovative. So what I've been able to do is to take a very small amount of money in drug terms yeah. and get through a, a whole clinical program. And we've done that with experts that we can bring in and use, uh, as well as just having our small core group of people that we, we have to have as the company. Do you feel like you know more now the second time around? Yes. Hands yeah. down, not even a question. <laughs> you think you get it beat up a couple times, you learn fast, I hope, anyway. I mean, are there mistakes that you made that you're determined not to make this time? Well, I think the mistake I made the first time was I took on a company that had failed. Yeah. And so there had been a lot of investment in there. It was hard to raise money because all the who's who had put money already in, and so we really scraped by. Yeah. Uh, this time with my co-founding partners, we decided ahead of time, unless we can raise a certain amount of money, we're not going. Yeah. Because wh what's been different for me is that you know, I've had the cash in hand so I can just execute mm -hmm. versus every day going out and trying to find that next dollar. And that, that right. makes a big difference in how fast you can go. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily a mistake, but it was probably the big learning from yeah. the whole thing. I mean, when, 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 did you, when, did you, when did you take over Inlet Medical? I mean, um, it had been in business for five years before I took it over. Had run out of money, was down to two employees. But for me, stepping out of Medtronic, you know, I knew the business side. What I didn't know was how to ask complete strangers for money and, get, and have them give it to me. Yeah. So it was an opportunity for me to, to really learn that. Yeah. And I figured if it failed, it, had already, it was already dead, right? If right. it was successful, I get to claim credit, and so that's what happened. So is it, it's been easier this time, though, to raise money? Yeah, a lot easier. I mean, do you think that's a result of the story or the fact that you're just better at this? No, I think, well, first of all, people who invested in us had invested in us in the past and were successful. Right. So we had a built-in pool Track of record. people that were ready. And some really good partners who are very, very well connected. So between the three of us, um, we mm -hmm. went out and were able to successfully raise more capital. Great. And how big a team do you have at Rebiotics right now? There's about 17 of us in okay. that are full-time permanent employees of the company. And then we have a whole cadre of other yeah. people that we work with. And you're based out of Minnesota? Minnesota. And um, for people who this condition uh, is, a, you know, has... has impacted them should they you know how much longer do you think that they need to you know i don't know we just completed the enrollment in our like you mentioned the first ever multi-center prospective blind double blinded placebo controlled randomized trial you know the big mouthful of things yeah. but i think it's groundbreaking because it's the first time you can compare a therapy against a, a non-therapy in this space yeah and and we did it in uh, 20 plus different clinical sites both in the u.s and canada so we've got a really good mix of patients and a good mix of uh, conditions because one of the questions is, is can this be expanded beyond Minnesota, right? right. And will, it, will my Minnesota donors work in other places? And the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. So we're anxiously awaiting that data to come out and that data will give us the direction we need to move forward then and right. see how long it's going to take. And you said your mom had C. diff. And my she, sister had she, multiple really? episodes of C. diff. Yeah, so and they've all recovered okay? They have or? recovered. Yeah. Are they watching you closely in this company or yeah, and I think they're part of the company at all? No, they're not part of the company, but my mother is 94 now yeah. and my sister, but I think through their experiences, again, I didn't know much about the disease until then. Yeah. And now, of course, we have people calling us all the time and pouring their hearts out. I can't yeah. go to any event without somebody coming up and saying, hey, this is happening. And I, I appreciate that because I know what it's like. And yeah. so our goal is really to get this out as fast as we can so that it, it's accessible to people. Yeah. That must really crystallize the mission, though. 
Yeah, it makes it really easy. We we celebrate every patient that comes yeah. through that's successful. Have you ever worked on anything like that where you go and you talk and the people come up to you afterwards and it's just you know I, I don't really see the patients we don't we hear them through our clinical site so yeah. we hear their stories but I have worked in most of my career has been in new new things so yeah. it's been interesting and you know again mostly diseases that nobody talks about right. so I've had a lot of experience with people coming up and saying you know thank you for what you do because without this my situation would be much worse yeah well, that's great. I, I wish you the best of luck, Thanks. certainly. And, uh, Appreciate it. You know, people who have been in, impacted by uh, C. diff, you know, we're all pulling for this to, to come through. Thank you. So thanks for joining us, Lee. Yeah, appreciate it.